Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So I want to talk to you today about school textbooks. I know that may not be the most exciting topic in the world, uh, but I have always enjoyed looking at school textbooks, especially history textbooks. I found most history classes in school to be miserable, only fell in love with history later in life, and then went on and got my doctorate in it. Uh, love it now. I think most Americans love the non-classroom variety of history, you know, novels and historical films and documentaries and all of that. But uh, what, what, what I like paying attention to when I look at textbooks is, is, is what our society is trying to say to the next generation. And I won't go off now about what I've seen in, in textbooks, particularly high school history textbooks, but you can find some pretty strange stuff. I have seen textbooks that uh, claim that the pilgrims uh, held the first Thanksgiving to thank the Indians and not God. I have seen textbooks that have more pages about Marilyn Monroe than they do about George Washington. Uh, I have seen textbooks that never once in any way mention any kind of religious influence in American history at all. Uh, I could go on and on and on. And uh, so it's, it's a fascinating area to study. I realize not everybody's going to get into it, but I buy old textbooks and look at them in used bookstores. And, you know, if I'm sitting next to a kid in a subway who's got his history textbook, I'll ask if I can look at it, you know, and they kind of look at me strange. And so I have pretty strong opinions about what ought to be taught in, in history textbooks. And, and really my bias is towards let's get it all in there. My bias is not towards what's, what historians call revisionism, where you're taking truths out of the textbooks. For example, I was in Japan a few years ago, and the uh, Japanese uh, curriculum uh, sort of heads and, and curriculum writers and, and, and curriculum directors are specifically removing an emphasis on Pearl Harbor from their textbooks. Now, removing an emphasis might be appropriate if it was overemphasized, but what I discovered was that some of the textbooks had it removed completely. I'm not even sure how you could do that and explain history. And my point is not that the Japanese ought to just be tortured by their, uh, you know, this big historical error or, or, or misguided season in their, their history that they suffered for horribly. Uh, my point is uh, that we ought to tell the truth. We ought to tell the truth to the next generation. We owe it to them. Uh, they, if we teach them well, will be wise enough to draw the right lessons and know how to live so as to correct the deformities of our past. And we ought to trust that they will do well if we teach them the truth. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up uh, is that you can imagine, since those of you who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, that me being a conservative, I have a, 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 some degree of affection for the Tea Party, at least what the Tea Party claims to be about. I've never attended a rally and don't really uh, know the inner workings. But, you know, if you're a political conservative like I am, you're going to have some affinity for the Tea Party. But in Tennessee, the Tea Party is now doing something um, that I'm very much opposed to. And it has to do with textbooks. Uh, the Tennessee Tea Party is asking the state legislature to de-emphasize slavery's role in our history. Now, I'll have to say just quickly before I read anything further or I explain what's going on, that if anything is being overemphasized in history, then that's not telling the truth and it, it ought to be corrected and therefore it might look like a de-emphasis. But what most people are wanting, and I think that's what this is what the Tea Party in Tennessee is urging, uh, is a diminishing to the point of inaccuracy 
of an emphasis on slavery. Here, here's their exact language in a petition sent to the Tennessee legislature. It says, uh, they're hoping that textbooks will be chosen so that no portrayal of minority experience in the history which actually occurred shall obscure the experience or contributions of the founding fathers. Now, in the highest sense of these words, I'm with them. You don't emphasize uh, the fact that George Washington owned slaves to the extent that you diminish the good things he did for the country in the revolution and as president. That, that, that's fine. Uh, but, but, and, and so when I read that language initially, I thought, well, that's not really a, a big deal. But then you can find quotes in which uh, somebody has said, I'm sorry, I just can't keep from laughing at this. Uh, somebody has said, uh, with kind of shock, you can just see him standing before a, maybe a local reporter's television mic and with a camera on him saying, well, they're presenting slavery as though it was a totally bad thing. Well, uh, you know, I don't know how you present it any other way. Um, the, yes, some folks will claim, you know, that, that, that some versions of slavery were justified in the scriptures. I understand that it has nothing to do with the slavery in America. The American version of slavery was not the biblical version. The biblical version of slavery had to do with military conquest or, or a, an economic indebtedness. In other words, it was something you, you went into because you had become too indebted and therefore you became a slave to the bar, to the lender. It had nothing to do with kidnapping people from their homeland. It had nothing to do with skin color. It had nothing to do with breaking up families. It certainly had nothing to do with killing them uh, in a cross-Atlantic voyage, uh, killing them through whippings. All of this is forbidden in Scripture. So to make the claim that the American-style enslavement of African Americans is biblical is is illiterate and, and ignorant. So the question is, what should we be doing? Well, what we should be doing is telling the truth. Uh, you know, the, the whole, uh, whole issue of slavery is, is one that simply uh, requires that you affirm two things that seem contradictory at the same time. I have lots of African-American friends. I'm a, pastor, a part-time pastor in D.C. of a, large, a largely African-American church. I, I, I can imagine the number of African-Americans I spend time with, and a lot of them are intellectuals. And we talk about this all the time. And what you have to do is you have to say, yes, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Virginia Statute for Religious Liberty. Thomas Jefferson did wonderful things. He was a great thinker. He was a great inventor. Uh, you know, he gave us pretty much uh, Lewis and Clark's expedition and the Louisiana Purchase and, and, and all of these kinds of things. At the same time, uh, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, compromised on that issue, um, abused a woman by the name of Sally Hemings, did not own the children that came from that union, and lived way beneath the words that he wrote for which he has become famous. Okay, both of those things are true, and both of them need to be said in the textbooks. Now, obviously, you don't want to say that to two-year second graders. You know, you say the, the more lightened-up version, but by the time a kid gets into high school, certainly this last year of high school, and definitely college, you have to affirm both of those things. The reality is that you don't uh, rescue the nation or make the nation look better by not telling the truth about slavery. The, what you do is you say that the founding fathers were very avant-garde for their age. They were very advanced for their age. Uh, they were further along in their thinking about human rights for their age, but they couldn't quite break through the bubble of racial thinking in their day, most of them anyway. Uh, and, and so they paved the way for what ultimately became 
you know, not only the 13th and the 14th Amendments and, of course, the uh, intellectual rationale for the Civil War, but then, of course, the, the civil rights legislation of the, of, of the middle of the last century. Uh, you, you have to give them their due. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is doing what? Citing the Constitution written by uh, many of those sla- same slaveholding uh, founding fathers. So you honor the history, you honor the struggle, you honor the greatness of the nation, you honor God, you honor truth, and you, you show some confidence in the next generation when you tell them the truth. You can't whitewash it, no pun intended. You can't slant it. You can't revise it. Because what you will do is you will simply make people bitter. I was in Salt Lake City last week uh, researching Mormonism. I spent time with a lot of Mormon teachers and writers. One of the things they said was they have people leaving their church because the church isn't teaching them truths about their history. Then people go out on the internet, find out things that they were not taught, And then they leave the church, not so much because they're shocked at what they found, they're shocked that the church did not teach them. If you want to embitter a generation, teach them lies, teach them slanted history, teach them things that aren't true. And then when when they discover that you have slanted it, when they discover your bias, when they discover that you've kept things from them, they'll become cynical about everything. The old sort of illustration of this is, you know, you teach a kid about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and four or five other folks with the same insistence that you teach them about, you know, the law of gravity and, you know, if you're a Christian, maybe the resurrection of Jesus. Well, they're eventually going to be cynical about everything uh, or, or teach them a history that's devoid of the flaws of their formerly of the historic leaders or, 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 the, or the bad episodes like the slave era or the KKK influence or racists who sat in the White House. And boy, were some of our presidents racist. It doesn't diminish our country to say that. It actually speaks to the greatness of our country that you can have a racist in the White House and the country can nevertheless turn in a righteous direction. So I say to my dear Tea Party friends, whoever you are out there listening, uh, we, we certainly want to keep an eye on what's in the textbooks. Many, many times textbooks diminish valuable stories of faith and heroism and deference to kind of trendy issues of class and gender and race and what have you. Uh, all of those need to be dealt with in some way. What we don't want to do is hand textbooks to the next generation that lie about our past, uh, somehow uh, diminish our warts unduly because they will discover them eventually. Truth will win out and the next generation will distrust all that we have taught them. Uh, that dishonors them. And like I say, I think it dishonors both God and the nation as well as the cause of democracy and truth in our country if we don't tell the truth about our past. So the goal of the Tea Party should be to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth in our textbooks. And yes, that means some reform. It doesn't mean diminishing the tale of slavery. This Stephen Mansfield podcast was brought to you by the Mansfield Group. Find us at mansfieldgroup.com.